Hey, this is Eric, and you're listening to Neurodetergent. And this is Sarah, licensed clinical social worker. And this is Katie, licensed professional counselor. Our goal is to reach like-minded folks in an effort to connect, encourage, and support each other in our struggles navigating life with neurodivergence. What are we forgetting? Um, um oh, fun. Fun. And laughs. And laughs. Along the way, y'all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got a stubborn stain on your Uh, yeah, we're already a minute in. To, oh, no, uh, we are not nine. a minute in. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you been this whole time? <laughs> we were talking about toes. <clears throat> not of the religious. Of the religious Not of the religious kind. variety. But you are listening to Neurodetergent. <laughs> this is Eric. I'm here with Katie, licensed Hello. professional counselor, and Sarah, licensed clinical social worker. Hello. Hi. And uh, we're here on episode nine, and... Nice. On this episode, we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to our hearts as neurodivergent ADHD yes. diagnosed individuals. What did the old man say when he said nine? Oh, I don't this know. This old man, he said nine. He played knickknack on my... Spine? Okay. Sounds oh. abusive. On my dime. <laughs> on my dime. Mm, on probably. your dime? He played knickknack on my dime. Yeah. He okay. should have been Oz working. gets a nickel, I get a dime. I'm going to poop on that's... company time. And so that's actually <laughs> Katie's new hyperfixation is not pooping nursery on rhymes. Time. <laughs> I no, it's not, but I I appreciate them. So if you have attention deficit hyperactive disorder, you may have experienced the intense focus and preoccupation that can come with hyperfixation. Yes. You may find yourself completely absorbed in a particular interest or activity. Some might call it a state of flow. To the point where you lose track of time. Oh, yeah. And your surroundings. <laughs> your face. <laughs> so uh, when's the last time you were in that state? Like of in that? <clears throat> of that, that in that. the losing track of time in my surroundings was when I made the theme song for the podcast. Love it. Like, yeah. Yeah. You did it on your phone in like a day. Yeah, to the point where I'm like, holy shit, I'm I'm normally in bed right now. It's Tuesday. Uh, getting it done. I mean, yeah. to be fair, you're in bed at like seven. Whatever. <laughs> I'm usually in bed by around nine. Okay. Now that I stopped getting up at four. Which was insane. So when okay. was the last time you had that intense lust, losing track of time experience? Um, I'd say I probably, yesterday. Yesterday. Yesterday while I was mow, I, I was so oh, yeah. excited to mow. <laughs> and I was being so meticulous uh, that I I don't know what time I started, but at some point, the first time I looked at my phone, it was 4.30 and I was like, holy shit, what happened to the day? Well, it was like 6.30 and you said you finished mowing. 4.30 was me. when you met, when I messaged and said, said I was working on it, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And that was like when I had had maybe half of the backyard done. And I was like, I was in it. I was in a, I was in like a focused state. Sarah's backyard's not easy to mow. mow. Her front yard's not easy to mow. It's filled with those gumball things. Mm -hmm. So for a little bit, you're walking and you're mowing and it kind of feels like you're on this like, uh, like, like you're on a surface that's just rolling. Okay. Uh, so you really got to. Watch your step. <laughs> it's like. It's like a, it's like a, yeah. It's like a an obstacle it's like course. A, it's like a twisty, twisty. A twisted ankle waiting to happen. For sure. And you just zoned right out. And I was wearing her shoes <clears throat> and her shoes suck. So. That definitely happens to me a lot, especially like when I'm working and doing repetitive tasks, I'll kind of zone out on things. Sarah, does that happen to you <laughs> a lot as far yeah. as like hyperfixation? Yeah, I was trying to remember the movie. There's a couple movies I've seen where it's like someone's focused on something and it's like the world is buzzing around them. Yeah. Like everything's moving really fast. Like how I imagined it would feel like to be a tree. Usually when people are like mixing, like when there's like a, somebody in a lab. 
Sure. Like, yeah, that's everything's what I like, like montages of yeah. the music going on. Like, uh, I felt like that doing taxes lately, but like, that wasn't a fun hyperfixation. It was just necessary. You seem like you were having fun. As sometimes it is, but sometimes it's, it's fun to feel that state where you forget things exist, but it's not necessarily fun to do taxes. It's not fun for me. Yeah. When I'm watching you do them. I did get super fixated on trees again, on uh, making trees with wire yeah. and sorting beads. Oh, my gosh. I can sorting sort beads. beads for days. Oh, my God. Beads? That sounds terrible. It's so not I terrible. Like saying, you beads. didn't watch Arrested Development. I always go, bees, and she goes, beads. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. um, but I don't know where we're going. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. So, do you get in that, wh- like where? What are you doing when you find yourself in that state? Usually, just working on something that inquires or requires intense concentration, or or like being creative on something like okay, that, yeah. tweaking things, perfecting things, moving things here and there, and trying different yeah things. Um, I'll tell you, you know, there was a time when I was a kid that I really liked to put together like model airplanes and cars yes, and yeah. things like that, and as an adult, um, I kind of got back into it, putting together like Gundam models, which are pretty like intricate, like What's, robot. What is Gundam? It's like, I mean, Gundam is an anime in Japan oh, okay. that's been around for like 30, 40 years. Okay. Are there like dra- like dragons with three heads? Or no? no, no, oh. no. It's uh, they're just like okay robots that are piloted by humans. Is it humans. like steampunk kind of? No. Okay. No. Uh, but it's pretty huge over there. <laughs> but anyway, they have these it model kits. It sounds like a hyperfixation. <laughs> yeah, they have these model kits. But I remember getting some just, and I don't care to display them, but the act of just putting them together and spending all that time on on the process of assembling it is very like appealing to yeah. me. And that was something that I would get lost in for weeks. Oh, if I'm learning a new song on ukulele. Yeah. I'm like, Sarah's seen me in that state. It's like, I can't feel like, I feel like if I stop, it's like, I'm like, I'm done with that. Uh, I'm giving up kind of. And so it's like, if I don't learn it from start to finish uh, in like one, um, like period of time, one one sitting, one session, then I'm so, I'm so afraid I'll put it down and be like, well, never again. Uh-huh. Um, so I'll just sit there and fucking like over and over again, over and over again. I don't know how she doesn't lose her mind. No, I just focus on my own shit. Yeah. That's a good time for me. Like I was just thinking like one of my dream vacations would be a week off in the woods with like the Titanic Lego set. That's like, yeah. sounds really fun. That I could tell fun. by the look on your face. It does I not. would just, you I would play the ukulele, ukulele and yeah. I Would you be like in a tent? Like no, in like woods? in a cabin, oh, like okay. comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of weed, but just like nothing else <laughs> but like Lego sets and my yeah. dogs and yeah. like Katie playing ukulele. Not all the dogs. Yeah, uh, fair. Wow. <laughs> 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 Am I there? Am I with you? Yeah, okay. you're playing the uke. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Making me coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so hyperfixation <laughs> is a concept that I really wasn't aware was a thing. Yeah. Uh, until just recently, again, you know, I'm learning all of these things now uh, as an adult in my 40s. Um, but it seems to be very uh, prevalent amongst like the ADHD content that is out there. Yeah, for sure. Um, to be consumed. And a lot of people talk about their hyperfixations. A uh, lot of them like a crossover too. Like a lot of people, it seems like, like there's a lot of fandoms that it seems like, oh, those like Star Trek. Mm hmm. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where, Someone, where people are really Lord of the Rings. It. Yeah. Someone tried to tell me I looked like Harry Potter last night. You look like Harry Potter? Yeah. No, absolutely no. not. You look like Harry Potter's dad. You look he, like a clean-cut Hagrid. He seemed very drunk. Oh. Um, well, there you go. So, there you have it. Okay. Um, what are some of the things, like, <laughs> looking back in your life now that you're aware of these kinds of concepts and your diagnosis that... You're like, oh, that was a hyperfixation. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball when I was a kid. Basketball. I love basketball. I lo- I still like basketball. I love watching women play basketball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, I love watching women play basketball. Um, when I was a kid, I uh, like 
we were poor. We eventually got a rim to put uh, above the carport, but before that, it was a uh, like a like a milk cart. Okay. That I it's like a homemade. On to a backboard that I made and put it on our carport. And then we eventually got a rim. But I would be out there for hours. I would just be out in the forest. For, like, not forest, but, like, out on the land that we ha- lived on for... Just shooting hoops. Well, oh, yeah. I mean, shooting hoops or going out and, like, just, like, walking. I love to walk, though. That's probably a hyperfixation of mine. When I'm walking, I'm in a flow state. I'm, like, just... Is that when you're out and about, or is that like on a treadmill or no both? on a treadmill? Like yeah. if I'm out like on a trail or like just out walking, like on the lake, like walking the shoreline. So for me, so many things to look at. I would always get like really into like collecting things. Yeah, and then but it's so easy for me to fall out of it too. And it's like when I start, I want to get as much as I can as quick as I can, and then at, there's always some point I come to where I just don't even care about them anymore. And like, practically just give them away or get rid yes, of them as cheap as possible. Where I've, it like, it almost, that, so Sarah and I will paint. Sarah and I are much different in our hyperfixation. Excuse me, our hyperfixations. Mm-hmm. We'll paint, I will grab, a like, a canvas, and I'll start painting it, and I'll be painting on that canvas it will become 50 different things, and then I'll set it down. I'm like, I never want to look at that again. Yeah. It almost repulses me. Oh, wow. Sarah will finish it and then start a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. I can't do that. But both of you are s- sorters and collectors. That's for sure. I see both of you being, like, very meticulous in, like, the things that you collect and how you put them away. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Same but different because, like, I sort beads. And sort bees. Bee. <laughs> I use, so like I have a, like really the only thing I I collect anymore is records, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I do have an app that I use to catalog them and I can have it sorted in whatever order and then I will catalog them in the storage area oh. and sort them by that. Yeah. No, yeah. that makes that's like my dad. My dad uh, used to record movies off of HBO and Cinemax and Showtime uh, when you could when you could set timers on your VCR. Then he cataloged them. He had a catalog alphabetized, a catalog by genre, and a catalog by I think by rating. That were all like they were like in like spreadsheets printed out that oh, you could wow. like pull and like look through, and then you, it would have a number, and then you would go to the shelves and you would find that number of tape. It's amazing. That is hardcore. It's wild. His basement. You and my dad would get along. Yeah, we would share spreadsheets. He has a key maker. Like he's he can... a locksmith just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've like watched... one time I was over there, I needed a key. He's like, "Come down here, I'll show you how to make it." And I made a key. Yeah. Have you ever seen like the lock picking videos? <laughs> yeah. Oh and, yeah. You know, and we've talked before about like watching uh, rug cleaning videos for days. And yes. just how, like, how is it that, <laughs> that we can get, like, sucked into these things and, and kind of lose track of things? Because... The rug cleaning videos are something else. Here's my question <laughs> about the rug cleaning videos. Do you think they are really that dirty? Or do they just make them that dirty just for the sake no, of the No, they're that dirty. I've cleaned, cleaned rugs cleaned before. cleaned a rug that's that dirty. Oh, yeah. It's gnarly. Wow. Yeah. The smells. Oh. I don't miss that part. <laughs> do you have the little, like... We didn't have that. I was like, I was using like a garden hose with like my thumb to make the pressure harder, oh. you know? Like the Smurfs. Oh my gosh, stop. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I made a list of different <laughs> hyperfixations I could remember like before this just to kind of. I There's like at least 30 things on this list. Yeah, read of, some of them. Um, Disassociative identity disorder, Rocky Horror Picture Show, UFOs, Zelda, Kurt Cobain, cross stitching, beating, animal skins, <laughs> teeth collecting, what? bone collecting, no, for real. weaving, soap making, refinishing furniture, miniatures, rock counting, hot yoga, Kurt Vonnegut, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Brady Bunch. I know everything about the Brady Bunch. Ask me anything. <laughs> Twilight, Shell Silverstein, the DSM. I mean, it just goes on. It's I was really hyper fixated on mountain lions for a minute. Yeah, I think still. you still kind of are a little bit. Still. I love them. Explain your your fixation on, on okay. mountain lions because it doesn't make sense to me. Okay, so I worked at this place. I was marketing, right? Uh-huh. And so my job was to deliver. They were old school, like still doing their ads on the radio. Okay, that's how old school. Um, so my job was to like deliver like brochures and and like cookies and shit to places. And so I would basically travel around Springfield like three hundred mile radius, basically. Mm-hmm. And so. One day I was out driving and a mountain lion ran across my car. 
not over the top of my car, but I saw it mm-hmm. uh, cross my path. And I was like mystified. It's always been my dream. So way back a long time ago when the X-Files was airing, there's this episode of the X-Files where somebody goes outside and there are wild animals on the loose. Uh, they got out of a zoo or something. Okay. And I remember watching that and being like, that's my dream. <laughs> I want to go outside and see wild animals. Anyways, so back, cut back to mountain lions. Mountain lions. So I get home and I'm like, I saw mountain lions. So I tell somebody, and they're like, bullshit, there are no mountain lions. So then I go on this deep dive of like mountain lions in Missouri and find out that like back in the 70s, 80s, the Missouri like Department of Conservation released some mountain lions. Okay. And then the tags were not secured. On the, on the mountain lions. So they lost track of how many mountain lions existed in Missouri. Oh, shit. Mountain lions are notoriously um, inconspicuous. Okay. You're not going to know a mountain lion is hunting you until they are... It's too late. You are going up into a tree with them. Oh, and wow. you're not alive anymore because they have cut jugular. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so I like started getting into that and I just am fascinated. I think that there is a population of mountain lions here in the state that is more than what the conservation department will tell us. And I am just fascinated by it. Wow. I love them. Do you think there's like a conspiracy? I don't know if I'd go so far as to say conspiracy, but here's the risk. You don't tell people that there is a population of mountain lions out because people want to go hunt them, and mountain lions are better hunters than probably most of the people you know. So you think it, it puts would the be population at risk. dangerous for them to yeah. go and try and hunt them? Most people. Um, yeah. Okay. That's my hot take on mountain lions. I love them. I if I were to be able to like choose my death, it would be death by mountain lion. I've gotten like pretty hyper focused on some <laughs> like me. religious cults. Yeah. And yeah. trying to oh, learn, put that on oh, learn as much as I could. Duggers. What's your favorite about things? Um, I mean, like your favorite religious cult yeah. is kind of a weird question. Uh, but okay, well, I would say the one that I've spent the most time learning about uh, would be Scientology. Followed yeah. by People's Temple, yeah, Jim Jones. Jim Jones. Um, What's that one in up. New York City where they were all wearing the Nikes? Uh, that was Heaven's Gate. Yes, mm-hmm. that one's a pretty top off. on my list. That's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, you know, that's a whole other thing. But we did ask some people, yes, okay. what some of their uh, hyperfixations were. So we're gonna read some of these off. Uh, one says neuropharmacology. They have a friend who is an actual pharmacist with a degree and a license. And he calls them when he has questions about psychiatric medications and their interactions. Ooh, I see. I do like that. I do. Yeah. Spent eight years researching daily, all from a transhumanist perspective. Oh, wow. If you're familiar with the concept. I'm not familiar with the transhumanist concept. I'm familiar with humanism. Like, that's the base of my study. So I would assume it applies there as far as, like... The val- inherent it's value like and worth of a human. Carl Young. Like, yeah. Wait, is it Carl Young? No. Mm. Car- Carl Rogers. Yes. Here we go. This is going <laughs> to sound weird, but for me, it's swing dancing. I'm Ooh, obsessed. I could see that. All my best yeah. nights have been dance hall days. I love it. For context, the year I was working 60 to 70 hours a week, one day off every two months, fast food, and had a $20 a week grocery budget. I was spending $10 every Wednesday to go swing dancing until I was dizzy standing still. Oh, oh I love, I love it. it. Worth I it. need a functional brain as a pharmacy tech. So I don't dance much these days, but it's good for my very soul. Oh, I love, I love it. it. Swing dancing. Oh, dancing. Not. I'm very not coordinated. It's my assignment for you. Not you, them. Oh, yeah, I'm not swing dancing. Homework. Swing dancing. You're not a homework person. I'm not. That sounded really fake, didn't it? Yeah, it did. <laughs> Someone posted a picture of their... <laughs> Some paint by numbers. Ooh, cool. Like a lot of like creative things or just yeah. kind of like coloring. Kind of monotonous. Got, got mentioned a lot. Mm-hmm. I noticed coloring yes. and painting. The adult and just coloring that, books. Oh, those are that awesome. That creative yeah. outlet. Uh, a lot of people are talking about video games. Here's someone collecting yeah. uranium glass. Ooh, that's Ooh. cool. Yes. Antiquing. Oh, I yeah. love doing that. Um, yeah. Just 
going hitting up all the flea markets just to see if you can find yeah, that thing that yeah. you never thought you'd live without. That's great. Astrology, photography, folklore, science, alchemy, psychology. I love oh. I love goofy astrology. Like mm-hmm. I love I love watching TikToks where it's like for five hours, maybe that's an exaggeration, maybe not, of, like, watching somebody that is going to compare, like, astrology signs with, like, dog breeds. Oh, yeah, I like that. I can just watch that shit for hours. It's so funny. I mean, we were me. just doing that the other night, talking about our dog's birthdays, and you were reading their... <laughs> I was. Their... I love it. I think it's so entertaining. <laughs> Dopamine. <laughs> maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Like, what... Like Why? Yeah, so, like... Good point. Um, so as like somebody who's neurodivergent, some, what makes that, uh, like what makes us neurodivergent is that we have a disabled or like dysfunctional system in our brain where we do not. Let's say like non-traditional. Non-traditional. Thank you. I'm like, thank you. I, I know, don't know yeah. how to describe this. I know, yeah. Uh, of dopamine receptors and like enablers and things like that. So, um, the way in which like our brain gets dopamine, which is essential, is different from other people and so we kind of have to seek it almost like hunters right we seek the dopamine uh help me out here we have to find out what i need corporate sarah to step in okay okay so like so like one thing is uh neurotypical people they can anticipate the reward of the dopamine right so like that's why they don't get stuck and and they can complete tasks because they know when they work out they'll feel better and they can like really feel that and anticipate it so that's one thing that neurodivergent uh, people struggle with sometimes is they can't anticipate the reward, so nothing can make them do it, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing is that, yeah, they don't get dopamine from, like, mundane, repetitive tasks. They don't get dopamine from um, – I'm trying to think of, like, traditional things that people get it from. From making their bed. Yeah. From um, – from different things like that. So they need to find it in other ways. Like making lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Is not something. I, I get, it's it's like, I don't get dopamine from making the bed, but I sure as hell do climbing into a bed that's been made. Exactly. <laughs> right. And if yes. you can anticipate that reward and it's enough to make you do it, like that's awesome. It is like 50% of the time for yeah. me. Yeah. And then, but like taking a shower. Yeah. Like you can you know logically that that will you will feel so much better but you cannot your brain is not right. anticipating the reward enough to get you to do and it. And so because there it's sort of like feast or famine. Okay. And so when we do start a task that does engage that dopamine, uh, we get that dopamine released or whatever you want to call it, it's like we're we don't want it to stop. And because so, it's like a desert, yeah. like a dopamine desert. And that's desert why that you can do it forever until you can't and you can no longer look at it and get it away from me sort of like uh food you'll see that on like tiktok like what's your neurodivergent meal right now and it'll be like pizza i could eat pizza for every Chicken meal oh, until yeah. i until i can't fucking look at it and anymore. i i've done that and and speaking of hyperfixations, and i know that you've talked about um like getting like really obsessed with working out and things like that that was me yeah and for like a year straight i ate nothing but chicken and rice it's so there's just something very <laughs> comforting really about no, knowing that you don't have to make a decision about something. Yes. It's like tomorrow I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do this, and that's also why when I'm in a routine and a and like I'm functioning like that, it's like I feel very good, but mm-hmm. the second something derails, I am in a state of like despair. I f- like I'm I feel like what it's been ca- compared to is like throwing fits. Mm-hmm. I get disappointed if something is, goes off track Meltdown. and I'm like melting down. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's why it's like really hard for me to have a balance there because like that I thrive in that like I wake up at the same time every day. I do the same thing every day. I eat the same thing every day. I work out at the same time. If it goes, click, something goes off, like I get a flat tire, fucking it's, meltdown it's, city yeah and then it, it might be hard to get back into that routine yeah because i'm afraid i'm like yeah. oh that was too much yeah i've i've been there yeah and, and that's why it's like you know yes i know i need to work out and i know i need to exercise but it's like for it to be effective effective i have to be like obsessed with it Same. it's like all right let's start a spreadsheet let's oh, fucking do all and that that's shit. i can't you know i can't I, do it i feel like it so let's talk about like some of the negative aspects of of hyper focusing on things like yeah we, like what can be like detrimental if we let ourselves kind of give in to these things all the time so like i think that i hyper focus different from you two and that i don't have similar challenges with yeah. what you're describing 
with working out and things like that. What it, it, it does negatively affect me in like, I don't want to say clean my office because I know that if I start cleaning my office, I'm going to start sorting my rocks and then I'm going to start dusting uh, my books Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to start reading a book and it's going to never like, yeah, there's, it's, it's prohibitive for me. And it is honestly like the, luckily we're able to communicate and we're really effective communicators with one another. Otherwise mm-hmm. it would send me every time we had to clean Yeah, because I am not that way. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to clean my house first. I'm going to do this. And while the dishes are doing that, I'm going to do this. And while this is happening there, I'm going to mop the floor and I'm going to do this. And then I'm mm-hmm. bloop, bloop, yep. tie it in a bow and it's done. Everything. Mm-hmm. And I've mowed my yard and I've cleaned my house and I've done everything and my laundry's put away and everything is done. While Sarah has spent three hours polishing her rocks. I mean, there's a Malcolm <laughs> in the there's a Malcolm in the middle clip that I love that a client shared with me that it's like he goes to change a light bulb and when he goes to get the light bulb, then it's That's like Sarah. there's no light bulbs, and he goes to the store and while he's there, he gets like the air can to like fix his keyboard and then he starts fixing the keyboard and then he goes to the garage and then he realizes, you know, on and on and on. Uh, That's me. Yes. And like, I can't, like, I'll get really frustrated sometimes if I'm like, okay, so this is the plan. We got trivia tonight. We're going to do this. You have session this time. I have session. This is our rule. Blah, blah, blah. We're doing that. And then I'll show up at a house and she's like wearing a robe. And I'm like, <laughs> for real, what the fuck, bro? We had a system. We were like, we had a plan. And what, right? what happened? She's like, oh, uh, I was, so responding to this email and then now I'm five hours later. Five hours later. Wow. Yeah. That's so, how our So what can we do to indulge in some of these things that, you know, obviously are, are good for us mm-hmm. as far as our mental health and, and you know, receiving that dopamine by engaging in like a creative activity or something like that. Um and like how do we balance that with with not like just completely losing track of time or how do we mm-hmm. hold ourselves like accountable at least right i mean if anybody has any us. tips or tricks out there then they wanted to send me an email i'd be grateful <laughs> for that knowledge oh, you don't have an- <laughs> Oh, please. I'm just kidding. You too. I mean, I think like, it's yeah. It's so much easier to like, tell people than to do it yourself. That's true. I think like playing to each other's strengths when yeah. you are a, like in a partnership or like part of a family or team. For sure. Um, helping to balance. Because I appreciate being like, no, you just need to fold socks. Right. Just do socks. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think. Um, we do have a good system now, right? Yeah. Where it's like, I know that Sarah's strengths is that kind of thing. And so like. I'll get the dishes done and I'll do this room and like you sort socks and do the laundry because I hate that shit. I don't want to do that. And so, and I'm fine. I don't need it to be broken down even or anything like that. To me, it's like her sorting the socks is like, I do the dishes five times for that. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, and I think when it comes to just individual management, probably what, I mean, maybe this is pretty common, but like I just make sure that I do the have tos like work and things like that, make dinner. And then I know that I can just free reign and do what I want. I saw something on TikTok that was pretty interesting. And this uh, person had somebody coming over. Uh, They had broken up. And they were coming to get their stuff. And they had a certain amount of time that they wanted their apartment clean before that person got there to pick up their shit. So they didn't look like they were in a state, right? Yeah. And so they listed 20 things. Uh, on this like dry erase thing or whatever and then they got their D&D dice and they rolled it and then videoed the progress start to Ooh, finish. I love it. And it was pretty cool. Like they were even adding things to the list with the number. Like I mean and that I think like that is a good way mm-hmm. and it is something that is tangible. I think the biggest thing with me and a lot of other people who struggle with neuro, like neurodivergence uh, ADHD or autism is the, the gratification. Mm-hmm. Sweet, sweet gratification. Um, and so anything that breaks things down into tasks where you get immediate gratification as you're doing it is like a really good way to pair things together where you're going to be and, doing them. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because as you're saying it, I'm thinking about how I have like my entire work week broken down into tasks that I work yes. complete throughout the day. Yes. Every I, day. Yes. I saw a meme that was like, when I work out, I do it in songs. I'm like, okay, this is four songs. Okay. I'm going to do the elliptical for four songs. Okay. And that's something, that's how my brain works. I'm like, okay, I can do, I can do this for 20 minutes. That's just 
to 10 minutes. Right. Five, you know, like. Find ways to like yeah. part, compartmentalize these things until they, you break them down until they're managed. Yes. And so right. I have this thing where it's like, um, for a while I was struggling with working out and my gym was right next to a half off, half off. Okay. So I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go in and I'm going to get, I'm going to buy one thing. That's $10. Five dollars, whatever, at the end of the week. So I like kind of reward myself by being being able to buy uh, like a summer dress. Yeah, and you know it's it's I love that you bring bring up reward yourself um, mm-hmm. because like I mean I smoke weed right um, and what? what I'm yeah sorry. I know right ooh <laughs> <laughs> <It's a red laughs> um, <flag. laughs> but like I flag. don't I, <laughs> I don't know if we've really talked about it on the on the podcast if not you know whatever but. Uh, like I won't smoke during the day when I'm working, right? And mm-hmm. it's 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 a reward at the end of the day, at the end of those things. So like if it's a day where I want to clean the house or do something See? productive, yeah. I, I make myself do that first because I know, well, after I'm done, then I get to treat See, myself with this bowl. This I struggle with that. I have to do intermittent like tokens. Um mm-hmm. so like I and, and like, weed and stuff like that doesn't work. Otherwise, what will happen is I'll be like, oh, I get to reward myself. And then suddenly I'm, like, eating 450 milligrams of weed because <laughs> I'm rewarding myself. And I'm, like, just passed out. So that's not much of a reward. <laughs> um, so I think, like, intermittent, like, right, where it's like, okay, I'm going to reward myself if if I go 10 minutes, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I'm, like, if I'm, like, going to be cleaning my house, I need to get to all this stuff done. So, like, rewards in between, right? Like, because I can't, kind of like what Sarah was saying, I cannot anticipate the benefit and feel it. Okay. What are you drawing? So, one of the things when I was kind of looking into the subject mm-hmm. um, was the importance of accepting and embracing your own ADHD brain. Yeah. Um and basically what they're saying is that accepting and embracing your own brain, including things like hyperfixation, is crucial for managing and uh, living a fulfilling life. And that individuals that have ADHD are able to accept and embrace their unique brains. They can begin to work with their strengths and challenges rather than against them. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. I think like... Um... When I think of, like, uh, how that looks for me, it's like, for example, we were talking about, like, showering every day. Mm-hmm. I am not somebody who wants to shower every day. I don't know how you feel about showering every day. I think you're like me. You're not a, I want to do this every day. It's not super fun. I mean, it's something you have to do. But, every day? Well, depending on what you got going on. <laughs> true, 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 true. Fair. And we'll leave that very broad. Yeah. <laughs> but, like... For me, I I had this rule in my head where it's like you have to shower every day. And then I was like, no, you actually don't, right? And like it is okay to not shower every day. If I'm not seeing somebody uh, for three days, I cannot shower for those three days and that's all right. Nothing bad's going to happen. Okay. Um, There's no shame in that, right? If, if there sh- shouldn't be. There shouldn't be. Um, where there was a lot that existed there before. And so I think like being able to ask yourself, do I want to do that? And then be like, no, I don't think so. But I think that this is arbitrary rule that's been set by society that you do this thing every day. Just don't, just don't like figure out what is comfortable for you. To me, showering every other day is comfortable. The transition of taking a shower is very difficult for me. I hate being cold. It sucks. Everything about it sucks, uh, except for the afterwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I cannot anticipate that. So I agree with myself that taking a shower every other day is fine. If I skip one in the middle, that's fine too. I'm going to be okay with that. There's all kinds of things that that you can apply that to. Mm -hmm. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Has the shower thing, has that been something that you've felt like for your whole life that you just yeah I thought you're supposed to shower every day but you just hated it so much I hated it same with like I have a lot of clients who who yes also hate it yes I don't I like showering I sure. like being clean yeah I hate collecting the things just that the I need process of finding clean clothes finding clean clothes that I anticipate are gonna feel good on my body when I put them on mm-hmm. etc. I hate being wet. I hate being cold. I just hate it. 
Uh, and so it took me a long time to be like, it's okay that I don't do this every day. There are a lot of things like that for me where it's like, I thought you had to do this every day. And when I stopped living by those like arbitrary rules that society has set, I, my life started getting a lot more comfortable and a lot more manageable and do a you lot feel like less it's been more, stimulating. more fulfilling. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I've been able to have way more time to think about and do things that like actually feel good <laughs> to me. <laughs> More important to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a type of therapy um, like called acceptance commitment therapy, and it's kind of along lines of what you're talking about. Is like there are some things that you struggle with that you can analyze and figure out why it doesn't matter. Is yeah. it hurting you? Is it adding? Is it fulfilling you? Like what is the purpose of it? Why are you doing it? And you can accept parts of yourself and just commit to that. Yeah. But like I am this type of person. I am the type of person that um, if, I, you know, I – don't put all my laundry away. So I have a clean clothes basket and a dirty clothes basket and I can like cycle through. Yeah. Like I, if I'm not living with anyone else, it doesn't matter. I can yeah. just accept that. And that's just how I am. Yeah. Like it is just like, I, I think that there are a lot of things that when I just started accepting about myself and mm-hmm. I was like, that's okay that I do it that way. Uh, this doesn't affect anybody. This is not hurting anybody. Was it difficult? Just that whole process of just, accepting yourself i still struggle with the shower thing sometimes i get really fucked up about it and then i'll force myself to do it and then i'll have a little meltdown because i'm like can't find anything to put on and everything feels bad on my body and i'm cold and it's wet and it's ah and i'm spiraling and i'm like why didn't i just not take a shower (laughs) i hear to me it's more hard for like it's not hard to do those things and accept that for myself it's hard to allow others to see those parts of yeah Because I spent a lot of time, like, hiding those parts of me. Yeah. What about you, Eric? I really feel like I've been pretty accepting of of who I've been. It's I feel like it's just been recently that I'm kind of discovering who I've been. Or at least being able to see the events in the past and behaviors from the past uh, in a different light, from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, But as far as... I feel like I've always kind of accepted how my... It happens for me a lot in the way that I parent. Uh, Like, when I was... I taught my daughter how to make a star... Like, the the snowflakes Mm -hmm. during Christmas time. And I taught her how to do it. And then the next day, Sarah came over. And my daughter was like, do you want me to teach you how to make some snowflakes? Sarah's like, yeah, go for it. And so so I'm listening from the living room with my daughter tell Sarah how to make snowflakes. And it's horrific. It's harrowing. She's like, you need to make sure that the lines up line up exactly, Sarah. You need to put them, make sure the corners are touching exactly, and then push the paper out from here and push it. It has to be perfect. It has to be the perfect. The crease has to be perfect. And the perfect. crease has to be perfect. And I'm listening to it, and I'm like, that's me. Oh, for real? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, why did I tell her how to do it like that? Why was I telling her? I like, know, and I didn't know. E- I didn't understand. I was and like, I'm just like, why, calm down. It's a snowflake. It doesn't matter. You yeah. can do whatever you want. And <laughs> like, I was like, oh, it was me. I mean, I don't have <laughs> children, so I can't really relate to that. <laughs> but there are definitely times where I will say or do something and then be like, that was my dad. <laughs> or that was my mom. That that's, was, that, that that's was exactly me. my dad or my mom. When I hear that, that is me like um, trying to... Do what good moms do. Quiet the anxiety. Okay, okay. Of like, this is how you do it. You got to do it this way. You got to do it this way. And that is how I would be all the time before I went, yeah, it doesn't matter, actually. It doesn't fucking matter if I take a shower or not. Uh (laughs) Like, I literally took a shower yesterday and I haven't done anything in between. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of like that same vibe. Yeah. Anyway. Where are we? Oh, we're actually about to get to some listener questions. Oh, sweet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got a couple. uh, Picked a couple of pretty short questions. Um, So this one uh, was actually a question about the uh, trans rights episode that we did. And this was from someone who is just a cisgender male. And they asked how we can be better allies to trans people especially in the current political climate where trans rights are under attack. Um, and like for me, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm a cisgender white male. Um, 
straight white male and it's just it comes naturally to me because i just feel like you shouldn't be shitty to other people (laughs) you know and just treat people with respect and just try and be friendly and supportive of them and and not be judgmental of them uh you know when you meet them Mm -hmm. and interact with them um and be vocal about your support for their causes if you feel like there's injustice i mean injustice affects all (laughs) all people Uh, but unfortunately it affects other some people uh, disproportionately than others and you need to be able to recognize that and be supportive and, and speak to that right i think that there are different types of allyship right like mm-hmm. i mean i th- i think that what is being demanded right now of of allies is like probably um a lot because of what's going on right now in our mm-hmm. country um and so i think that like what it what it what it means to be an ally i think coming from the perspective of, of a person who is non-binary mm-hmm. uh, and as you as my friend, is that, like, you you do try to share and you ask questions. Um, you try to make sure that you're, like, making other people feel uncomfortable or... <laughs> <laughs> the opposite of that, right? <laughs> the opposite of that. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. Um, but, yeah, and so I think that, like, as the attacks continue on... LGBT people, what is required of an ally is going to probably be more. Like, I don't Get know what that... Get off your ass and do something. Yeah, like... Stand with us. Yeah, like, we're tired. Mm-hmm. And we're sad and we're scared and we're... I mean, it's so it's like... I think that maybe I'm just saying what I think is that, like, it's probably getting to a point where it's time for people who are allies who don't have an immediate person, like a partner or a kid who is trans mm-hmm. to probably start showing up to places and right. showing up. Uh, and don't wait until it yeah. personally affects you. Yeah. Before like, don't you wait, go and make yeah. a stand against yes. it. Uh, and being louder and being more provocative. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, I agree. I think that, um, if, uh, like, for example, like, my privilege, uh, like, I am a AFAB white chick, right? Like, middle-aged woman. So, like, I have some power there in that, like, cops aren't usually going to fuck with me. And, like, um, a lot of people are going to assume I'm, like, a mom or a teacher or something. So, like, I need to use that authority and that power in any time when I see someone who is more vulnerable than me being, like, put at risk or taken advantage of or... You know, like walk close to them so they're not walking alone. Say something. Uh, Fucking step in between people. Yeah. Um, If I hear somebody making a stupid fucking comment, say something about it to them. Yeah. Uh, Give the other person time to get away. Yeah. Walk them to their car. And just making your space around you inclusive. Yeah. By saying, what are your pronouns? Yeah. Uh, when you when you meet somebody. By saying that to somebody that wouldn't anticipate you saying that to them, just because there's somebody standing within your vicinity that looks like somebody who, who you would want mm-hmm. to say it for. Mm-hmm. There was a person that, and this was two years ago when I worked for a retailer in their HR, um, that... I would say presented as male. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they were hired, I mean, when she was hired. Yeah. Uh, after she started, I asked her, I said, you know, do you have preferred pronouns? And she's yeah. not, she, her. And yeah. I, but she's like, I really appreciate you asking. Yeah. And that, you know, it was, it felt good because it was a way for me to display that, you know, our company yeah. cares about, I, yeah. about these things. I, and, I try a lot to use my privilege. I'm not trying a, to pat myself on the back. You, you should know, that I did pat yourself that, on the back. I mean, <sighs> I so like I try to use my privilege uh, in kind of a sideways kind of way. So like if I um, if I am at say a gas station and uh, I see somebody in front of me who is the cashier who I um, who's queer coded in some way, right? Mm-hmm. I might. What does that mean? Um, there's certain characteristics about them that speak to queerness. Like they have a yeah. rainbow on their shirt. Right, right, right. Okay. And say the person behind me 
kind of is coming to, like like they're giving me vibes of like conservative whatever. Mm-hmm. I use my privilege by by saying loud enough for the person behind me to hear me going, "What are your pronouns?" And then I say it mm-hmm. so that I'm the subject then. Mm-hmm. And the person can tell me their pronouns. And if the person behind me has a problem with it, then they can direct it at me. Okay. Because I can talk to them about it. Have you found yourself in situations like that where the person behind it has <laughs> had some things to say? Come on, Kenny. I, I mean, I I think like Sarah can probably speak to this. I do not have a problem saying things <laughs> out loud and naming things and putting myself in between other people and, and uh, me. And- Eric, one time I was waiting in the parking lot at Walmart while Katie was inside. Katie texted me. She's like, meet me at the door. Pick, I'm, pick me up at the door. Because these people were going to fight her. Like that's stuff like that's happened yes. more than once. About where, what? Where, because they it was at the peak of COVID, uh-huh. uh, and they were where they had the tape on the floor where it said like six feet, right? And these people were close enough behind me that they were touching me, and they were making out. Oh! So I turned around. And I said, "There is stickers on the floor with feet on them, and that distinguishes how far back you should be from me. Back the fuck up." Oh shit! And they tried to fight me. Yes. Um. And like when we're at Walgreens, if somebody is taking up more space, I can't get through. I'm like, you need to move aside. There's not enough space for people to walk here. You're taking up too much space. Oh, I wish. Because <laughs> I don't know. It's just I. I mean, I feel like you have to pick your battles, and if they're just taking up space in the in the no, aisle... move out of my way. <laughs> move out of my way. You know, I see. <laughs> Also, you have to acknowledge, though, that Eric is a, is a tall dude. Absolutely. And you can't walk around like that, Eric, because you're a scary... Like, yeah, that I don't would be just walk around telling people... Like, Katie's if, like, a, like a tiny see, person. I do, the, like, I do the passive-aggressive thing, which I don't know if it's any better or worse, but like, let's say I'm trying to push my shopping cart and there's people that are... Uh, you know, taking up space. I just stop what I'm doing and just stare at them until they realize that I'm waiting. I stop and then then wait for them to (laughs) see that I'm there. And if they see that I'm there and they have not moved, I go, move your stuff. Oh. You know what I do? I I don't even turn down the aisle. I just stop and go around the other way. I get so... That's how avoidant I am. Here's the thing, too, though, is that I have a lot of experiences job? where people how, seem to Why want are we talking about this? How did this question about how to be an ally turn into <laughs> grocery store etiquette with Katie? Let's move on. Just Hey, neurodivergent. Yes, that's, yes uh, absolutely. Let's move that's on what it is, from the tangents. You know? But let's uh, – so here's someone who's struggling with anxiety and depression uh, asking them about a follow-up on the social media and – They feel like, I often feel like social media and online interactions with people exacerbate my feelings of anxiety and they exacerbate that depression. And they want to know if you have any advice for how to balance the uh, benefits and drawbacks of social media use when it comes to mental health. So So. I I think that the hardest part of stopping any behavior – that mm-hmm. is affecting our mental health is detecting the um, the the circumstances that lead to it, right? And so, anytime we're wanting to stop a behavior like that, I think it's important to start uh, having an understanding of what it is that we're doing that is causing it, right? Okay. And so, like a lot of times, if I'm online and then suddenly I'm like, I don't know, feel good. Right. And I'm on Facebook. So Facebook must mean that I am not feeling good in my mental health. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to not stop that thought. Right. To like when you find yourself in that situation, you go, okay, what was I just doing? Did I make a comment? Let me look at my activity log. What was I looking at? What was I liking? What was I commenting? Investigate your activity. Investigate what you were doing and what was your behavior that led to you feeling this way? Because like to say, well, just get off social media then is mm-hmm. not an answer and it's not helpful because people, if it was that easy, people would just fucking do it. It's like, go in there and look and see how long have you been online? How, when did you notice? Uh, okay. Like you started getting into political ads, block your political ads for a while, like change your, change what you're seeing on your feed. There was, there's been several times where I have gone through my feed and just spent a bunch of time liking pages of funny memes. Mm-hmm. And that, so that all I would see on my Facebook feed was funny memes. And I went and liked a bunch of pages, followed a bunch of pages and stuff like that. Like 
figure out what's actually causing the problem Mm -hmm. and then pinpoint it and then curb it. Also think about, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I I have a story about that, about Mm -hmm. me doing exactly that thing. And (laughs) and I feel like it's broken a bad habit. There's a local news source uh, that I would go into and argue with a lot of people in the comments because you would get people that like any time there's an article about like trans yes. issues you would get these just conservatives and you want to just be like you stupid you motherfucker you want them to delete their comments yeah really. um but what i did instead and it's hard so for me personally and this is something that i struggle with still yeah. it's hard to resist the urge to just like leave a sarcastic comment on somebody's Troll post it, it's really hard um but it would get to the point where like i'm you know arguing with strangers about stuff and um you know, arguing for the sake of arguing and, and then saying mean things. And it got to a point previously about three years ago that I just deactivated my Facebook account and, and it was deactivated for three years. Yeah. And then I reactivated it. And when I moved back and started trying to get in touch with other friends, but then I fell back into those old habits. So what I started doing was I would still look at those news stories, but when I see a comment of somebody that I want to, engage with and i want to argue with i just go to their profile and i block them yes and now it's gotten to the point where because a lot of the same people are on there trolling and stuff just like me and they probably all suffer from the same thing oh yeah um but like it'll say you know this post has 30 comments and i'll click on it and there's only like three comments (laughs) that i can even see (laughs) i got to a point where i have a name in my mind yeah that i can remember of who i blocked Mm -hmm. this person's name you probably blocked him too recently in your endeavors. It's possible. Um, but yeah, where that where it's like, oh gosh, I didn't know I didn't know it was affecting that much, but the fact that I can remember this person's name mm-hmm. tells me obviously. But was. now that I don't really see a lot of those comments anymore, I don't really have the urge to look anymore. That's what I'm saying. Either. And I, I feel like it is doing something to kind of help curb some of that behavior. Uh, yeah. My own toxic behavior. For sure. You know, because it is it is difficult. It is. To I, not just smart off to somebody. We are, the, we are very similar, similar in that way. I would get people that I was working with when Sarah and I worked together who would message me, who would stop me in the hall and be like, oh my God, I love reading your comments. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was so reinforcing. But it was not good for my mental health. You really showed that guy. Yes. I would, you know, I could never say what you and say. And I'd just be like, 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 I, it was a very weird feeling that was like, it felt good, but also it's like, I felt shamey. It, 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 it is. Yeah. I'm it, glad I, that you I know did what that. You, I know what you mean. And it's, and it's helped a lot. And it's I still, helped me so much. And I still yeah. do troll a little bit. I got in an argument. So check this out. Somebody. Sometimes we tag team Did troll. you see, did you see the Mike Tyson thing that I commented on? No. Someone had posted in. Uh, one of the marketplace groups that there was a super sale and had a picture of Mike Tyson, but it said super sale. And I was like, so your idea of good marketing is just to make fun of someone's speech impediment to promote your garage or your yard sale. And they just like, were like, the lady was like, well, my daughter has a speech impediment. And so you're also making fun of your daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else, Someone else commented. They're oh my like, God, "This is going to be a whole episode of me and Eric talking about times we've trolled people." Oh my gosh! <laughs> Someone else uh, left a comment. They're like, "Well, if your daughter has a speech impediment, it's not a big deal. Why don't you put her picture on the flyer instead?" Then, oh, you yeah. got a, you got a mate. <laughs> yeah, someone tagged in. You know, some you know from from out of nowhere with the steel chair. <laughs> I was just like, "Damn, the steel chair!" I feel like we need to do one full episode where you're talking about WrestleMania. Oh my god! So that that is a hyper fixation of mine, and it's weird because like I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid, uh, and that was one of the things like my dad and I used to watch a lot, even up to the point where I was in high school, because that's when all the NWO stuff you know started going down, yeah. and it got like really really popular. So for this would have been like circa like twenty, like nineteen ninety nine, oh. like like between like ninety two and 99 i was watching it like regularly and then even before then as a kid was it is it like once one one night a week uh yeah like monday nights especially like the two main competitors (laughs) both had their shows on monday nights who were always flipping between the shows who's your favorite of all time rick flair (laughs) were you hulk hogan fan 
Uh, I never really was into Hulk Hogan that much. I liked The Ultimate Warrior, but, like, he's a fucking piece of shit. Like, he's said some really problematic shit. Well, yeah, we don't need to get into that. (laughs) Yeah, and we don't need to get into wrestling either. But that is one of the things that I've been, like, hyper fixated on. And it's like, you know, so I watch YouTube videos on, like, old stuff. And then it just keeps recommending more and more stuff. You should tell people about your shirt that you got. Uh, I got a shirt that's... That's a uh, inside joke amongst this other wrestling podcast, and it says "Big Meaty Men Slapping Meat," and it's in the WrestleMania logo, and yes. it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I get a lot of comments on it. And it's Do funny. you really? Yeah, I like, think there's a lot of wrestling fans here. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Okay. All right, this Next. is the last question, and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Um. So this was oh, this was about uh, oh, okay, this was about the the narcissism stuff. Okay, okay, rewind back um, to the narcissist. So they were listening to the narcissist episode, and so they have a family member who exhibits many of the traits that we okay. talked about, and it's causing a lot of tension. Um, and they're wondering if we could talk about how to set boundaries with people. Uh, it says with narcissistic people, but again, you know, we don't make yeah. those diagnoses, yeah. right? But with people that exhibit a lot of those traits, what would be the best ways to... Um, so set boundaries okay so without going into like too much detail because we do want to do an episode on boundaries a whole ass episode a whole on ass boundaries. episode because that's how important boundaries are uh if you suspect that anybody in your life if anybody suspects that there is a true nar- somebody who has narcissistic person i don't care if it's your fucking grandma i don't care if it's your dad cut them out of your life cut them out Find a way to find get a therapist, mm-hmm. talk to the therapist about what the things are that have led you to believe that this person is a narcissist. Talk to that professional about it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's online. I don't care if it's through chat messenger, whatever. Find somebody to talk to about it that is a licensed professional and cut that person off. That should be the goal. That person should not be in your life. Sarah, do you have thoughts? I have a couple of thoughts. Okay. <laughs> One thought is this that I was thinking. Um... Uh, it, when we were talking about narcissistic abuse, yes. different from narcissistic personality disorder, but someone experiencing narcissistic abuse, um, you, it is a good idea to have a professional that you can speak to if okay, you are trying yeah. to set boundaries with them, because it can be dangerous when you set boundaries with someone who is a narcissistic <laughs> abuser, they will start pushing back and upping the ante. And for for clarification, I did not mean to do that without a professional. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Them. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also think, I mean... Uh, there are circumstances in which I am helping clients try to navigate boundaries with narcissistic types of people and behaviors in their life. And you have to just figure out what you are willing to give and what's not harmful to you and like determine for yourself really strong. Like where is my fence in my yard? Right. What, and then not deviate from that. I think of it like this, like if you have a property line, Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dispute between you and somebody else. And that person is a narcissist. And you are anticipating that at some point that person's gonna give in and compromise on that land barrier on that on that boundary line. It won't happen right. with a narcissist. They're never gonna compromise. Mm-hmm. They're never gonna give in. They're never They're gonna, never gonna give boundaries. you a little bit of you their need land. You need to get your land surveyed. Yes. You need to know where your fence line yes. is. You need to not compromise. You need to on build that. a fence. Yeah, and it needs and not to have in a good working yeah. order. And you don't need to talk and to them about it. And maybe put cameras on it. Yeah. And, and document everything. And, and document and, every yeah. interaction. And then you can be their neighbor. Yes. Fences make good neighbors. And have the uh, authorities enforce yes. these things. And, <laughs> and at no point in time do you need to do any of that and communicate. Anything that you're doing with them. Or justify it. Or justify so, it. So are you saying that like if you have a family member that's that's a narcissist or or is exhibiting these narcissistic traits, um, and the goal the ultimate goal would be cutting them out, what if they what if that person isn't in a position then to exactly just cut that's them what out? I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what not. I just said. Yeah. But you need to have somebody that you are talking to through mm-hmm. this from an unbiased perspective. Who do not know your dad or your mom or whoever the hell you're talking about, who do not know you, that's able to look objectively at the facts of what's going on and as you describe them, go, yeah, that's not okay. Yeah, that is messed up. Or maybe like, maybe this, try this, do this. Or maybe whatever. like, are you maybe yes. feeding into are it you by safe? doing this? Yeah. Like, why like, did you why did you return the message? Do you need to return the message? Yeah. <laughs> that's how yeah. It feels. Walking them through, relearning, all yeah. those things. And so like, if you're talking to a professional through that, hopefully, uh, the person will know enough and be, you know, be uh, experienced enough to be able to guide the person through that. And if 
If they can't have a relationship with boundaries, they'll get there. They'll figure that out with a professional. They'll be able to help them. If they aren't, they aren't, right? Like, and that can be the case sometimes where it's just not possible. And if it's your dad and it's just not possible, it will eventually get to a point where you're saying, I can't do this for myself. Like for my own well-being, I cannot have a relationship with you. And that does happen. I was very serious. For no, I mean, I know what happens. It like, does. I You've mean, been I've, there. You've I, been there. I have family members. I, yeah, it sucks, that man. I it sucks. Kind of cut off contact with. It really sucks when you get to that point where you're like, this person is not invested in my well being. Never heard it put that way, but I like it. It sucks. Are they invested in your well being? Are they, is their intent to misunderstand you? Huh. Well, on that note, oh, farewell. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Want to thank everybody for uh, listening to us this week. Thank you um, for those writing in questions. Yes, thank you for your questions. Thank you for uh, commenting on your hyperfixations. If you want to tell us more about your hyperfixations, you can always email us, neurodetergent.pod at gmail.com. Uh, find us, like us, follow us on Facebook. Uh, we're on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody who uh, has been engaging with us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.